0: This is Rebecca Lowe, or Rebecca Lua, if you listen to Suboptimal Radio, and you are listening to Men in Blazers on the NBC Sports Network. It's
1: unbelievable! From the Embassy Rose Studios in the crap part of Soho, it's the Men in Blazers podcast, Rog. It's a podcast special. Special, special. An odd one, Dave. eh? Yeah, we are not, as you can probably tell by the sound, dear listeners, in our... Podding room. Where are we, Davo? We're in a panic room, Rog. I'm looking at your disgusting green jacket in the uh, monitor. We are about to hot-foot it to the airport and fly to
0: every Englishman's dream city when they think of America. Buffalo. I believe (sighs) that's how it's pronounced, Rog. We are going to Buffalo to spend a couple of days with one of our enigmatic heroes who we're about to interview. Rex Ryan. Can't wait, Davo. A lot of the Buffalo... I can't wait to meet Tyrod Taylor.
1: Yeah, I know. He's not a real Taylor. May yeah. I just remind you of that again. I think again, you keep Roger. telling
0: me that just to put me off. I believe <laughs> he's going
1: to fit
0: me for a beautiful jacket. Oh, we great performance there. this
1: weekend. Oh,
0: we They're are buzzing. making a bunch of stuff for the NFL right now. Yeah. So this is a truncated pod. An NWSL special. Oh. Special, special. Just in time for their final. Yeah. We've done a lengthy interview. Uh, as promised, with the great Abbey Wambach yep. and the wonderful Sydney LaRue, David, yeah. where we will talk about their experiences post-World Cup and their thoughts on the final to come, October the 1st. But we're doing a lot of travelling. What a fantastic time we had in Jacksonville. Oh, we
1: had an amazing time in Jacksonville. Thank you to everyone in the Jags organisations. Miss you, Tad. Uh, <sighs> Blake Bortles. Yeah. Such an American name. Yeah. We asked him More American than that. What it's like to
0: break out of the pocket yeah. and head for the open field. And he told us it was just like being chased by cops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they know a lot about that in he, Jacksonville. He stopped and he goes, you've been chased by cops, right, guys? Yeah. Gus Bradley. Oh, the energy
1: of that man, Rog.
0: Possibly the most positive man we've ever met since Mike Tirico. He screamed, something great is about to happen in yeah. my ear. And for a second, even I felt positive. Say we're in a golden era for NFL ball coaches. Yeah. And I think Gus is in my top three. With Lovey Smith and Dan Quinn, he's a top smooth ball. It's a hard look to pull off for me, but wow. He really does it with some class. Can't wait to see stuff. how he
1: stayed positive after that game against New England yesterday, Roger. We We've got these crews embedded down there, so we'll see everything going on, Roger
0: Yeah, we do. And we're going to start releasing stuff with the NFL, I think, on Tuesday, right, yeah, David, think, yeah, of our so. interviews. And we're off to Buffalo. Like I said, I can't wait Buffalo. to taste the wings at Anchor Bar. And I really can't believe I'm tingling because we're going to the hometown of the Goo Goo Dolls yeah. and
1: Spyro Gyra. I want the beef on work at Anderson's, Roger. I miss it. I miss it proper. I'll just say one quick thing. I want not make one thing clear. I've done nothing illegal or improper. (laughs) You are referring, of course, to comments Sepp Blatter made after Swiss Attorney General Michael Lauber opened a criminal investigation against him last Friday. Part of that investigation, Rog, is related to a $2 million payment. That's like change, Rog, that Blatter (laughs) made to UEFA president Michelle Platini in 2011. Platini has been considered a favourite to succeed Blatter when FIFA holds presidential elections in February. Actually, to to qualify, to run for FIFA office, you need to have accepted at least a $2 million (laughs) bribe. It's actually prerequisite. I've
0: done nothing illegal or improper.
1: Yeah, Someone needs to clue Step
0: up to the fact that bribery, theft, graft, corruption, they're all actually technically
1: illegal, Dave. I know. He just believes that FIFA land is its own country where those things are encouraged, actually positively encouraged and rewarded. I also think in fairness to Sepp, Dave, it's not like he's Stuck his down below. He's in a
0: pig's mouth or anything, is it?
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's very true. It's not like our noble You're prime
0: minister. You're not in Vinci anymore, Sep. Oh, Davo! Big news this week in hard-hitting global news that is breaking. Devo, man
1: buns causing baldness. I knew I shouldn't have got that man bun when I was a teenager.
0: I think possibly the most sent article ever <laughs> by GFOP. Yeah. an article that's been on every news wire. Enjoy that weird tuft emanating from the top of your head. You may not have it for long. According to a health specialist, the tension on your hair follicles, man bum wearers, top knot wearers, it causes traction alopecia, Davo. Dr. Sabra Sullivan, in a great quote, she said, uh, they're putting traction on the hair follicles that Mm -hmm. the hair's not meant to take. Alopecia, therefore, becomes more common. At Relaxatorium tweeted us to say, big hair news, the Nasa Chadley, Leads to the Slavan village. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, so good. It's amazingly that that story was emailed to us even more than our own Prime Minister having sex with a dead pig's mouth. Well, that's what Piers
0: he got voted in.
1: <laughs> it's very, very true. Uh, rog, BlazerCon! BlazerCon! Great news! Carl Martino is coming.
0: Oh, thank God. Come, GFOPs and Carl. Martino will valet part your car. <laughs> that, d- did he know that's what he's doing? Fortunately, we got minis. And we also have Fox are sending Facts. a huge number of their on-air talentos, David be uh, North of the Wall.
1: I've made Ronaldo swear that he's going to wear sweater. It's peak sweater season uh, mid November in Brooklyn, Rog. I'm sure he'll be in one of his coloured sweater vests. Uh, they're going to be joining <laughs> World Cup champions Becky Sauberin, Ali Krieger, and Heather O'Reilly. Hey from the US women's national team. They're going to be interviewed by Katie Nolan, actually, from Garbage Time, uh, Rod, another FAX employee. We'll also have Premier League head honcho Richard Scudamore and the leaders of Southampton, Man City, Liverpool, and Bournemouth football. Clubs. And we have a new activation at BlazerCon, David. What? We've got a Taylor coming.
0: Oh, going to sew on blazer Tyrod patches Taylor. as you are. Oh, God, I wish it was Tyrod Taylor, David. Yeah. I wish it was Tyrod Taylor. Come one, come all
1: GFOPs. We would love to give you a cuddle. There will be beer. There will be pie. There will be singing and dancing. <gasps> Maybe a Barry Hearn appearance. Tickets to BlazerCon, November 13th and 14th in Brooklyn. They're all available on our website, Hi calm. Guinness, Barry Hearn. You've just made it sound like my vomit. <laughs> very, very similar. All over again. Okay, Rog, to the football.
0: Oh, let me drink this Guinness now, David. Crack it open. Oh, this has been some weekend, David. Unexpected results. A shot league leader that no one saw coming, little plucky Manchester United, Louis van Gogh's army.
1: He saw it coming.
0: And goals from the most unexpected places. Wayne Rooney, Harry Kane, Alexis Sanchez, Memphis, they all done a goal. I swear. <laughs> They've done a goal. If Josie they had gone down a goal. Had stayed at Sunderland, yeah. he would have scored a hat-trick. have done later. a goal. Goals, goals, goals as Motley crook would say back in the day, David.
1: We are now 7.38 of the way through the Premier League season. And what a weekend. As you mentioned, we just witnessed Spurs upset City United go top of the table for the first time since Sir Alex. And Chelsea eke out a point. Well done, Chelsea, against Newcastle in the north. Talking about the north, David, yeah. fascinating article
0: this week. One that caught my eye. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gary Neville, the former United and England Uh, A defender-turned-commentator wrote a piece in The Telegraph that a north-south divide is developing in English football, Mm -hmm. a reflection uh, of economic power that is emanating from London. He talked about how everywhere bar Manchester... Um, that the North East is falling apart, Sunderland and Newcastle. Liverpool is eroding as a footballing power in the same way as Leeds, once a great club, and Sheffield, two great clubs once upon a time, have kind of disappeared. And he talks about how there could be an English footballing future where power is all in central London, Dave, Fulham will rise again, and Manchester may be the only other foothold.
1: Interesting. Doesn't explain Leicester, though, Rod, does it? even though they did get whipped by a London team this weekend. Okay, London's Tottenham, Rog, against Manchester City. 4-1 to Spurs. They hand City their second straight league defeat, after falling behind 1-0, goals from Eric Dier, the Dierwolf, Toby Alderweireld, Harry Kane, and Eric <laughs> Lamela, Rog, dispatch City, the champions-elect, back up north with their tails between their legs. A shocking
0: result, Davo, that no one, and by no one I mean Spurs fans, would have seen coming. <laughs> Game started off in a fascinating way. Yeah. A late Joe Hart scratch, apparently struggling with injury, made a Manchester City tunnel that was more like a philosophical question, Dave. Yeah. Would it be like a tree falling in an empty forest without someone shouting, Goals! Goals! Effing goals, lads! Come on, get your magic! Come on, yeah, yeah! Move the ball! It was like a
1: library in there, Rod. I
0: knew it would be terrible without him, David. Who will motivate the team if there were no bald head spankings dispatched? And Willie Caballero, all he did was just sadly and softly loogie into his own gloves, David. <laughs> uh, the post tweeted us to say, No Joe Hart in the pre-game tunnel is like no real Donald Trump in the debate. Hashtag back to bed. Absolutely true. And most city fans probably did wish they'd gone back to bed, Dave. Although it started off in a peak Spursy fashion.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, for the first 20 minutes, actually Spurs defended resolutely despite a lot of Man City pressure. And then from a Tottenham corner. So Spursy, Rog. <sighs> It all went wrong. Yeah, Yaya Toure
0: got hold of the ball and he rumbled downfield like an enormous wardrobe running away from movers who'd left it accidentally on a steep, steep hill.
1: Ball goes to De Bruyne. De Joink, 1-0,
0: two-man City. We're all like peak Spursy. That is peak Spursy to mm-hmm. have the ball at the corner, to give the ball away. But then it all just fell apart for Manchester City. Absolutely, completely abhorrent. The game became almost like a City game of last season where they couldn't defend. They were impotent going forward and Spurs had their way.
1: Yeah, they punished them. Goals from Eric Dier, Rog. Ball breaks out. Terrible pass from De Bruyne. Eric Dier, fantastic shot into the bottom uh, left-hand corner. Alderwald added a second and then Harry
0: Kane. So happy for little Harry. Harold Kane! Yeah. 50 long days you have endured without a goal, Davo. We watched him leap up into the air like a man who'd been constipated, emptying his bowels before a global audience. I felt so happy for him that
1: set-piece defending this could be the weakness of this City team yeah they're
0: also not very good against playing against offside goals David that could (laughs) be a second weakness it's a real weakness
1: you have to work
0: on it the poor goalkeeper Willy Caballero 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 had a bit of a nightmare Joe Hart suppressed his giggles as he floundered like David Hasselhoff drunk on the floor begging for a cheeseburger for that fourth sad City fans they knew they were watching the City of last season against the Spurs that only exist in their fans' greatest dreams. I have to say, Manchester City without David Silver are like a gun without a bullet, Dave, especially with Kuniguero still labouring uh, with that knock he got against Crystal Palace. Three defeats in four for City, their worst loss in 165 Premier League games. Watching happy Spurs fans as heartwarming as seeing an orphan smile.
1: So, watching Man City choke in that early game, it gives Man United. In the 10 a.m. game, a chance to go top if they can beat Sunderland and beat them, they did. 3-0 goals from Memphis. <sighs> Wayne Rooney, although that goal should really be credited to Marcial And Juan Mata, Rog.
0: Yeah, uh, the big talking point in this game, two old friends with a bit of history, history that was resuscitated by the English tabloid
1: papers, oh, Davo. that oh. photo, Rod.
0: Yeah, of Dick Advocat and LVG, I think from an Eredivisie 1995 season promo shot. The Ajax boss Van Gaal, PSV counterpart Advocat stood aside two women so wearing... So creepy. What would you say they were wearing, Dave? Oh?
1: Very, very tight. Football outfits yep, with tighter thongs, than Arsenal's, clearly, clearly visible,
0: and Louis Van Gaal's hand hovering in the most oh. terrifying fashion. It Creepy. was really Dick Amphocat looked a bit like Dick Cheney, to be honest. In that photo, we could have just done a whole half an hour men in Blazers show on that photograph, Dave. Half an hour, an hour. Sunderland's tactical plan confused United by fielding 11 blokes in goalkeeper jerseys. Mm-hmm. It initially confused United, or should I say, champions elect Manchester United. or as Louis Van Gogh modestly refers to them, Louis Van Gogh's army. Uh, but then it all went down, David. Yeah, Memphis, uh, Wayne Rooney and Juan Mata, Roger. Yeah, there's nothing that warms the cockles of the heart than Juan Mata's smile after he scores a goal. Wayne Rooney ends his longest ever Premier League goal drought, although it was less a goal, more a throwback jersey, but even crap goals, they count
1: the same. Are United genuine title contenders, Davo! <laughs> I don't know, in this season where everyone's beating everyone up, Rog, who knows what the scriptwriters have in store I would say no, but this is the most unexpected twist in the Premier League's
0: tale of all time. Anything can happen, including a dour and balanced Van Gaal team winning it all. Let's talk after a run of games that feature Arsenal, a trip to Everton,
1: and then the Manchester derby at Old Trafford, Sunday, 25th of October. Oh, can't wait, Rog. OK, so with City slipping up, Man United on top, but still not convincing anyone. You'd think that Chelsea have what they need to go and re-enter the fray, Rog. But they're going up to Newcastle, the ground where they've had a lot of problems over the last few years. And it ends 2-2. Newcastle giving up a two-goal lead in the final 11 minutes, Rog, where Chelsea finally got their act together.
0: Yeah, that was some relegation six-pointer Dave The highlight for me, the manager's pre-match hug, watching Jose Mourinho grind up against Steve McLaren so desperately. It's as hard to look at as a notion of Blake Shelton and Gwen Stefani doing it in my imagination. (laughs) It's probably the highlight for most Chelsea fans because Jose Mourinho called it the worst 45 minutes of Chelsea football in his seven years at the club.
1: 45 minutes? I would say it's at least 79 (laughs) minutes of bad play until the uh, Ramirez and Willian substitutions finally seem to spark Chelsea to some kind of life.
0: Yeah, and then it was a toe-bunger from Ramirez. Chelsea woke up like a MacAir from their sleep option. Uh, And then William did that little trick that he does, the half-cross, half-shot, completely flummoxing. Poor Kroll, who fell like Robert Kappa's falling soldier. At Coffee Valdez, Michael Davis, was your pre-season pick that Chelsea would finish six based on the Premier League, or did you mean six within London?
1: I'll tell you, that's what's looking bad. My Tottenham fourth pick, though, doesn't look so bad anymore. Uh, Leicester, two. Arsenal, five. Rog, they're still the best team in the Premier League. Arsenal equal their goal total for the first six games. Alexis Sanchez. Rog, he's back with a hat-trick. Jamie Vardy scored first, the goal to send Leicester fans and rubberneckers
0: into ecstatic heights. And they then hit the bar in the 18th minute. It looked like Arsenal were going to get battered, but they went right up the field. And who rolled the ball home?
1: Theo! Theo!
0: It was extraordinary to me, though. Leicester's confidence didn't wilt. They kept playing their game. But then Alexis Sanchez finally came to life. I'll say seeing a happy Arsene Wenger at the end Mm -hmm. was almost as shocking on the eye. As witnessing happy Spurs fans, Dave. Yeah. Leicester, their commentator, said
1: they can't come from two goals down again, can they? No, not this week. They can't do it. Liverpool, three. Aston Villa, two. The Brog lives to fight another week after a brace. From Daniel Sturridge, great to see Daniel Sturridge back.
0: Oh, it is. A great early goal in the first minute to calm the nerves of Liverpool fans. James Milner clearly wearing his Spurs cologne. The game kind of boiled down to a Grealish and Emery Chan hair-off Royale yeah. in a battle for midfield hair gel domination. But it was so great to see Daniel Sturridge back on sharpened form, scoring twice in eight minutes. 37 goals in 57 games for him at Liverpool. Yeah. The most potent Liverpool striker of all time, Dave They just have to keep him fit. I love Brendan Rodgers' little dance on the sideline when the ball went in. Stevie Gerrard's accused him of being too overconfident. This week he did a barely discernible, repressed little motion rather than his traditional Bobby Valentine. Self satisfied. I taught him that fist pump. Filler tried to come back. He scored twice. But then at the end. Brendan gave it his big fist pump. I dream great dreams. And Liverpool fans breathe. Say the breakup between Brendan and Liverpool Football Club. It's like reliving Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes separating all over again. Everyone can tell things have gone rotten. No one wants to acknowledge it yet. Sometime soon, someone's got to stop thinking
1: about Surrey. There was no middle ground (laughs) in that that relationship as well, Rog. It went from everyone solidly behind Brendan to everybody wants him out so quickly. And the
0: derby. Forthcoming next weekend, Dave against Everton on Sunday. Can Everton be the ones to finish off the broadge?
1: Wow. Probably not. We'll see. South you've never, as I mentioned earlier, you have never predicted an Everton win <sighs> ever. The three two win that we've just witnessed against West Brom, I'll just say never in doubt. Yes, I was with you while you were following that on Twitter And I know it was in doubt, Rog Okay, Southampton 3, Swansea 1 A comfortable win for Ronald Kerman's men Who move up into the top half of the table After a quick start to the season Swansea haven't won in three games, Rog West Ham 2, Norwich 2, the Irons That's West Ham Remain in third place after 90th minute Cheku Kuyati His goal rescues a point and then Watford, nil. Crystal Palace, one. Johan Kabai's 71st-minute penalty breaks the two-game losing streak caused by Roger's visit. No more curse of Rog. And then Stoke, two. Bournemouth, one. Stoke earned their first win of the season. Worse than the loss for Bournemouth. A serious injury oh, to their phenomenal striker, Callum on the Wilson. Eye
0: and anyone who cares about football wishes Callum Wilson a speedy return to full health. Godspeed. And as we just mentioned, Lukaku, with a late winner, Rod. Oh, come on, Nigel. We're getting back to the Nigel days. Things are going so well for those boys, Dave. Okay. Two big happenings this week in American soccer. Yeah. Philadelphia and Sporting. Kansas City playing the 102nd US Open Cup
1: final. Oh, I love the US Open the Cup. On ESPN2, Wednesday night at 7 and even bigger. The NWSL final, Rod. That's Thursday night at Providence Park in Football Mad Portland. FC Kansas City take on. The Seattle reign in the National Women's Soccer League Championship. It's a repeat of last year's final, Rog, which Kansas City won 2-1. Good will, luck to both teams. It will
0: pitch Hope Solo, Megan Rapinoe, Becky Sauerbrunn, Lauren Holiday, Heather O'Reilly and Amy Rodriguez against each other. We talked about this in-depth day with two of the stars of the US Women's National Team from this summer's victorious World Cup campaign. Yeah, here's
1: our interview with Abby Wambach and Sydney LaRue. The footballers, the soccer players behind us, Rog, are World Cup champions. They're part of a U.S. national team that took Canada by storm this summer, repelling all comers and corners and returning the trophy to its rightful home, the United States of America. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Panic Room, two of the first female footballers included in EA Sports FIFA 16, the Western New York Flashes, Sydney LaRue, and international football's all-time leading goalscorer, Abby Wambach. Welcome to the Panic Yay, Room. Hurrah. So good to have, have you here. We <laughs> are
2: great. We don't have an audience to <laughs> clap us in. Oh,
1: We always yeah. hear,
2: we,
0: we pump in the noise afterwards. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> How has life changed for you both since July 5th, 2050?
2: Um, I mean, it's been uh, so amazing, the response that we've gotten coming home. And uh, for, for me uh, and for a lot of the girls on the team, Sydney included, we've kind of gone to a different stratosphere uh, in terms of recognizability and fame and and whatnot. So it's been uh, an adjustment, to say the least, when it comes to that, you know, walking in airports, walking down the street in A City. double-edged sword, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you spend your whole career trying to gain that level of success, but mm-hmm. you also have to remember that there's also this other side to it that's um, sometimes a, a little bit tough to, to handle, but it's all part of the, the package and... We're just so happy to be able to share this World Cup with, with all of our uh, all of our fans who've who've supported us throughout so many years.
1: I've shared it with so many people. In last year's television season, the 2014-15 television season, only the Super Bowl and the Academy Awards just beat the Women's World Cup final in terms of viewership. It seems to me and I was at that 99 final. But it seems to me that this was something wholly different. It wasn't just a massive sports event or TV event in America. This was a global soccer event, a global football event. It's changed the way that women's football is perceived.
2: Yeah, and I think that you know your point's super valid in terms of we transcended sport. It wasn't yeah. just about women's football. It wasn't even just about football. It was about... You know, women empowerment and all these other issues that kind of became uh, a talked about um, conversation that, you know, I've worked so long oh. and, and for so many years to try to even start the conversation and for <laughs> so many people to tune in and watch us win the, the, the World Cup this last summer has been amazing. But what we kind of can see happening as a, in terms of the effect that, that that's had has been amazing.
1: In what point in the tournament did you realize... That this was changing, that it was something a little bit different. Could you feel it? Because you're sort of a little isolated from the event as it's going on.
3: Um, we were definitely isolated, especially when we were in Winnipeg. <laughs> there was, there was not much to do. I mean, me and Abby were roommates the entire time, and I remember she was lying in her bed, and she turned over, and she was like, "We're gonna win this thing," hmm. and it was in the beginning, in the beginning stages. And I said, "Yeah, we are." So there was no question for us whether or not um, it was something that I think we knew and we felt, and like we weren't gonna take anything less than a gold medal.
0: Even at the beginning of the tournament, the Sweden game. Huge amount of doubts. You're in your bubble. Outside, there was hysteria. America weren't (laughs) kind of rolling over everybody. Was there a moment inside the camp at all when you wavered, when you quivered, when you thought, hang on a minute, this is going to be tougher than we thought? It was just always absolute focus.
2: Well, I think from from the final four years prior in Germany, we knew that a lot of things kind of had to fall into place. There is a little bit of luck that goes into
1: in any major tournament yeah
2: that goes into playing seven games and having that many minutes played you're not going to be perfect and i think that of course you know the media got got <laughs> a little bit uh, on us and rightfully so and and for me that's a really positive thing hmm. people are criticizing us now that's never been the case women you know women in sport people are like oh it's this feel good thing well now people expect us to play and perform and win And when we weren't performing, even though we were winning or even though we we got results, those are the things that, for me, were really big positives uh, coming away from the the World Cup. And it wasn't, and winning a major tournament is not easy, and it's never going to be perfect. But I think that we made the very best of it. There was never really a doubt, though. We all had kind of a one-track yeah. mind, and that was kind of the thing that I think led us to the end.
0: One of my favorite parts of the tournament actually took place off the field. It was the film you made for Fox on the eve of the final, when yeah. you spoke solely to the camera. It was mm-hmm. a one-shot, and you said, you said. You've got to know what it's like to feel something so bad. You have to risk
2: everything, even if you're devastated
0: in the process. Have there been moments in your career when you felt that you were going to be devastated in the process?
2: Yeah, I think that that's the the whole part of it. It's almost like love. You have to put your heart all in. And you don't necessarily know if it's going to give something positive back to you or not. Um, and, and for me, you know, I've broken my leg and, you know, we barely, you know, just, just almost won the World Cup in 2011, so I've had a lot of heartbreak as it pertains to playing the sport, but then when you get to win it, you know, in the way that we did uh, this last summer, kind of makes it, puts everything in perspective and makes it all worth it in the, in the end.
1: When you reflect back, it's now been two and a half months since the final. That's insane. It's a kind of crazy. <sighs> well,
3: has it gone like this,
0: or has it felt, whoa?
3: Both. I yeah. Think I think both. It, it seems like yesterday and it seems like five years ago. Yeah. It's been it's been a whirlwind. You know, we've all been doing
2: appearances and traveling around the country and, you know, doing this victory tour. Um, and, and the NWSL players have been playing in their league. So I've been actually a little bit more on the go than, than, than some of the players have. People have been dealing with injuries and getting their bodies back to, to somewhat of a, a, a normal state. So there's just been a lot that's been going on, but it kind of has gone by in a flash.
1: You know, it was such a fantastic tournament. It was a a classic World Cup by any measure. It was such a fantastic tournament. Have you had time to reflect on the legacy? I know, obviously, you're passionate about the U.S. women's team winning it, winning the World Cup. But what you have done as pioneers, growing the game for women worldwide, we now have a much more competitive sport globally and surely that is so good for the future of the women's game
2: well that's been our goal um you know we obviously want to win championships and we go out and play in games and we want to win that that game and score goals and and make the fans enjoy what they're they're watching but the side of it that we want to actually continue to push forward not just soccer but Mm -hmm. women and women in sport women in general women in the boardrooms right and I think that us being able to stand tall, be powerful, be strong, uh, and come away with the win, because like all Americans, you know, winning is probably the only yeah. thing that that actually affects the positive kind of change that we had hoped to. And to you're do. also
1: very good at it. Yeah,
2: yeah, and <laughs> and luckily we we've been you know one of the one of the best teams in the world since uh, the women's teams have have begun began and um, to be a part of it, to be a part of this like the group, the fifteeners, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's something I'm really, really proud of, and I know I speak for everybody on that on that yeah. accord. No, no, I, no, I also,
3: sorry, I also think that, um, you know, part of this legacy is, the reason why we won this is because we have legends on our team, like Abby, like Chrissy Rampone. Um, those, those people have really pushed us, pushed me, you know. When I first came on the team, Abby was the one to take me kind of under her wing, and show me how everything was done. And I think without players like that to really push the envelope and be like, hey, we are here, we're going to win this thing. And and as women, we're going to be big time. And I think that she's one of the reasons why we've been able to do that. Christy Rampone, Shannon Box, all of those older players. That's a really
0: good point. For you, it's one World Cup
3: and one World Cup victory. Yeah. It's pretty
0: easy. yeah, I've got to ask you one Now you fulfilled your goal of winning a World Cup, what's your new life mission?
2: You know, there's th- that's a good good question. Uh, that I don't have all the answers to quite yet. But the reality is for me, what we were able to accomplish this last summer has put not just myself, but so many of us in a position that we can really do things that uh, I've dreamt about doing, um, whether it be going into a boardroom or helping kids be better and be more confident in, in their own skin. Um, I want to I affect and in, in, in be a part of the most positive change I can possibly be a part of. And whether that's um, in a boardroom, whether that's still on the team, whatever that, however that may unfold, who's to know, except I guess me, but at the end of the day, um, I just want to be a part of real good, positive growth, and I think that you know it was a, it was a great start this summer, but we still have a long, long way to go.
1: Hats off to Fox, also. We're on NBC. But yeah. Fox really did what they said they were going to do. They brought big league, big tournament coverage to this event. Well done, everybody at Fox. It was just a fantastic tournament.
2: Yeah, it was. It was really. It was amazing um, to see all of you know, and and that's part of the fame bit that I was talking about a little bit before you know you can win all you want but if the media doesn't cover it if Fox doesn't go you know full bore into it then it doesn't take off as as much as it did this last summer and and that's something that I'm thankful for Fox you know this wasn't like the stepchild of the Men's World Cup they were going into it like they wanted to prepare for the Men's World Cup and um, that's something that I really appreciate for sure
0: another seismic change since the World Cup you are all in the FIFA game. Long, long last, long go. This, to me, is amazing. You
2: got EA Sports? Looking at. Yeah. Looking it's out, in the game. Looking at Alex
0: Morgan. And so,
2: Alex <laughs> I'm Morgan, a gamer, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm pumped. Here's it is. I mean, we're all
0: pumped to be able yeah. to play you guys, Alex Morgan and some dude on the front cover <laughs> uh, who's that of, uh, of FIFA 16, which comes out. I mean, to us, we've often talked about this game being the silent hand, which has kind of propelled the growth. Of the game in America, you both went to Vancouver and you donned the motion capture suits. What was that like? They're pretty, they're pretty unforgiving.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't have her body, so. <laughs> yeah. Our, Roger was talking about his
1: own <laughs> body. Let, <laughs> me Let me be clear. a little Let me be clear.
3: Um, It was fun. I mean, it was really fun for me. I got to go back home uh, to the city I was born in, and and we got to do all that stuff together. Um, It was me, Alex, Pino, and and Abby, and we got in the suits. And, you know, it was really cool that we saw ourselves for the first time on on the game, and we were like, oh, my goodness, like, it looks exactly like me. It's almost a little scary.
2: (laughs) The amount of, of technology that goes into these games uh, you would never think about right because we're just we're you're sitting there in a, with a a handset console TV and that's it and you get lost, but the motion capture the people the amount of of people that are in one room capturing and getting all this data so that it can actually look like yeah. a female's body, and their movements. So it's not just uh, you know. Our faces popped on a, men's, a man's body. It's it's literally all of us and and all of our, our movements put into this game to make it as realistic as possible.
1: Yeah, I and mean it's the fathers of daughters who are going to be playing this game, uh, <laughs> endless, endless. As we thank you for your contribution for that. We're
0: interested not just in the game. We're also interested in the NWSL. Yes. The uh, the final fast upcoming. Yeah. October the first. Abby, first of all, you skipped the season to prepare for the World Cup. You've had a taste of life without football. Mm-hmm. Have you liked it?
2: There's a lot to do, right? There's a lot There's a lot to do. I've, I've, I've dedicated my life so much to this game for 30 years, and I'm 35. So that's a lot of time spent on the pitch and or traveling and or in a car, airplane, trains, automobiles, hotels, whatever it is, away from your family. So I have gotten a little bit of a taste of um, away from the game in certain respects. But I think as it pertains to the end I'm going to actually be in Portland. I live in Portland. So I'm going to be there for the final, which will be pretty exciting. Um, I, you know, my hat's off to both teams. Yeah, Seattle. Kansas City,
0: Seattle. Yeah. We will be talking about the final in a second. I want to ask you both a question from a listener, GFOP Stephanie McGilvra. Mm-hmm. She wants to know if you could make a single change to the NWSL to move it to that next level, kind of good question. Capitalize on the post World Cup bounce. Um, if you can make one change, what would that be? With? I
3: think it's attaching more NWSL teams to MLS teams. I think look how well Portland has done with Portland Timbers and Portland yeah. Thorns. Um, I think if we can do that, I think that you know people are going to want to really pay attention. I mean, for Kansas City, Sporting Kansas City sells out every single game at home. Yeah. Um, attaching them to an FCKC, who's been one of the best teams in the past three years, I think yeah. that that's that's only a positive. Only positive things can come from that. So yeah. I think that's one of the things.
2: Yeah, I definitely think that that's
3: one of the things. And uh, my other
2: my other thing is to, uh, if you are attached to the MLS franchises, your cost, your overhead costs will come down in yeah. terms of infrastructure and whatnot. Uh, that means you can spend more money on on players and. Yeah. I think getting more international, top top tier international players will just bring the level of play uh, to that next level, which will get people to come and watch. Um, because if you think about it, if you were to just like mix up all the great players from the World Cup yeah. and put them on teams, like wouldn't that be fun to watch? Yeah, wouldn't that be amazing to watch? To have you know Sydney playing with a Marta or Sydney playing with other players from around the world, or myself included, and I just that that gets me excited. You know.
1: Do you think there's enough? There's obviously enough talent, but do you think there's enough, I don't know, TV revenue, whatever it is, business, in having multiple successful women's leagues around the world? Or do you think this is now a battle to have the absolute bar none elite league and to go and win?
2: I think that's the idea, right? Yeah. We want to be the, the best league in the world so that we attract the best players from around yeah. the world. Um, I, know that, I know that there's, you know, whether it's NBC or Fox or ESPN, there's conversations involved at getting our... League played on these channels and actually get to be able to get seen Uh, And so if you get the corporate sponsors if you get the media if you get the TV Then you start to to probably get some of these big-time players from all around the world Um, You get them their money and and they'll come over and play for sure in the
0: meantime You've been on the victory tour. You've got two games left both against Brazil What some of the most memorable stories that you've encountered meeting the young boys and girls? Who've come up to you on the tour that put the meaning of your victory into the deepest perspective.
3: I mean, we were—it's insane. People come up to you and they start crying, and, and they tell you that that, that was David Me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just before we started that, um, taping that you've changed their lives. And I think that that's that's so important. Obviously, I, d- I guess you don't think that you have that much of an impact. You know, just being able to go out and doing doing what we both love to do, and then you have people who really look up to you, and and you're able to you know, to really have an impact on their yeah. life and, and show them that, you know, dreams are possible. And, you know, obviously it's cliche, but for me, um, my my road was a lot less traveled uh, growing up in Canada and I made the decision to play on the best team in the world. And yeah. I get to honestly say that I lived out that dream and, and I do. I, I play on the best team in the world.
1: So uh, we talked about the NWSL championship game we uh, eat a lot of pies here, at men in blazers. Our pies have predictive qualities. Ooh. We've got two pies here. We've got what Kansas is in City. That
0: pie? Oh. Oh. Uh, I think it's 80% horse meat.
1: No, it's, no, it's not. not. This is the no, finest it's chicken. Chicken and mushroom uh, pie. We've got a ooh. Kansas City pie. We've got a rain pie. Do we, we, we should, want to? Predict? We should keep those because those guys.
3: We need that have turtle. They should was take it, those was beauties.
1: Oh. Or or octopus. Octopus. Oh, there we the go. Octopus. Oh, sorry. An octopus. Okay, we're oh, no, going to give you the Men in Blazers pies. We're going to give you the Men in Blazers okay, the octopus pies. Who ju- we'll show this. Like gently the the nibble cap. Gently nibble on your pride. I'm not pie. eating this. Okay, would you just get in the vicinity oh, of it? it, it you can with it. You're Abby, missing out. so good. This I think
3: this is an English garlic. Oh, though, for sure. Oh, the, oh. the is Is this what the you thing. do? Like, this is
2: what you do to your guests? You make them eat weird thing. Our we give guests them, we give have them enjoyed We're going to fail a drug test. There, there, have <laughs> been a couple,
1: there have been a couple of pie refusals. We've never had two pie refusals at once, but it's yeah. interesting. These pies give you the ability Mumford to prophesy as that pie.
2: I like oh, okay. Mumford and Sons, <laughs> I know but, they they love they're, but they're from so your area. area. We need yeah. a prediction. FC
0: okay. Kansas City take on Seattle 9 9.30pm October the 1st. Prediction. Score prediction. I
2: think that Seattle is going to win just because they traded for me even though they knew I wasn't going to play. So I've got love for them and and I think Sydney might probably choose the opposite because <gasps> she was the one that was traded for yeah. me. Oh. So we got a little yeah. bit of drama. Wow. Yeah. Okay. A little bit of drama so here. Dramatic. I like it.
3: So I'm going to go Seattle, 2-1. to one. Okay. I'm going to go Kansas City, 8 nothing. Yes! Down. Wow! Let well They're
1: going to Haiti them. They're going to oh, Haiti them.
3: That's so good.
1: They're going to Haiti them. There you are. Oh, <laughs> I almost
3: <laughs> just fell out of my
2: chair. This <laughs> thing is a little unstable. No, it oh, is me. unstable. What is in this? Honestly? I'm not sure. Chicken, chicken and mushroom. The it's
0: finest chicken. I think it's, it's going to be 3-1. 3-1 to Kansas City. Oh, how was it? Beautiful. Sorry, I'm digging in. 3-1 to Kansas City. I never bet against Amy Lapelbait.
1: Yeah, ever ever interesting. Ever. yeah. Was a good ever. I girl like too. the 8-0. I think 8-0, I'm going with that. I like an 8-0 game. It would be highly entertaining. <sighs> Last question for you. Yeah. We've been
0: asking all of the U.S. Uh, women's national team players who come and we're, we're trying to produce a movie about yeah. uh, your glory. It's called Women Are From Victory, Men Are From Germany. <laughs> <laughs> we had, we're, we're casting it even as we speak. We had Heather yeah. O'Reilly on. Hey funny. Jennifer Garner, she chose to play her. Kelly yeah. O'Hara, she chose Kate Mara. Megan Rapino went full on Tilda Swinton. Of oh nice and Becky Sauerbrun. She said Elizabeth Banks, but we're trying to get Amanda Seafried to sign <laughs> on. Abby Wombach, who would play you? Sydney Leroux. Who should we be? Calling I think Zac Efron would play
2: me. <laughs> <laughs> oh <my God. laughs>
0: what? We can wow, get Zac. Okay. We can <laughs> okay. get Zach.
2: That's fantastic. There's I nothing love wrong it. with
1: that at all. Zac Efron. Uh, what do you think,
3: Sydney? Who's, who, who um, you? I think Abby
2: knows who I would want to play me. Oh gosh, Beyonce. Beyonce. Oh, that's Very easy.
0: Good. I thought you were going to come with Zoe Saldana, which would have been a little more difficult. Beyonce, <laughs> no. we can lock in. Yeah, Zac Efron as Abby <laughs> one back. Beyonce <laughs> as Sydney. Oh, that's it. Finally, as world champions, do you have any advice for our U.S. men's team ahead of the Big Mexico game?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the guys, they they all know what they're doing, right? Um, for the most part. It may not look like that all the time, but I think that there's a plan in, mm-hmm. in store, and I know that they all want to be winning. You know, they all a lot of them reached out and are super proud that, that we won the World yeah, Cup. they did. But I also know that if it were the men, imagine this country. Mm -hmm. And imagine the growth that could actually uh, impact (sighs) in, in terms of the men winning the World Cup, it would be out of control. So my whole, my whole goal and my whole hope for them is not just to win, but to affect the positive change. And I know, I know, Sunil Gulati would love that as well.
1: You're right, but I still couldn't see it doing as high a TV rating as the women. That's just as a TV person. That, that, that's say that. that,
2: that might be true.
1: Yeah. Dave, I'll, I'll take you on that one. We've got on a final award. Final yeah, we award. N- we
0: know you've won Olympic medals. Yeah. <laughs> we know that you've won uh, World Cup medals. Now we know, Abby, that you are the greatest goal scorer in international football history but there's one thing that you've not got that we wanted to give you. A free blazer. You have thrilled America <laughs> over the course of last summer. I'm you like, have absolutely this improvised <laughs> yeah, and astounded all of us. <laughs> This is the blazer of freedom. Wow. One for both of you a great
2: expense. It feels like polyester, thank it's actually you. cashmere. Actually, I've got some serious friends that would love this. <laughs> Abby
3: still needs to get her uh, suit for my wedding, so this, <laughs> there will, <you> go. this <laughs> instant, will be perfect. Instant idea. <laughs> the red is a little bit off. Uh, <laughs> thank you so it's much. Got shoulder pads. Abby and,
1: <laughs> and, and oh, my word. Abby and Sydney, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, lots of other contact around. NBC Sports Digital. Click around. Nothing as good as this. This has been After the Pies, presented by <S-A. S-A>. Mini. U-S-A. we got a blue one, U-S-A.
0: too. Oh, amazing. What an amazing pair of human beings, David.
1: Certainly. There's a video version of that interview available on our website, meninblazers.com, and you can watch this year's NWSL Championship Thursday night at 9.30 Eastern Time on Fox Sports 1. Come on, Amy Lapelbe. Your weekend looks like this, Rog, courtesy of Mini USA. Chelsea versus Southampton, 12.30 p.m. Eastern time Saturday. Everton versus Liverpool. Not the, Derby. In the face! 8.30 a.m. Sunday. Arsenal versus Manchester United, 11 a.m. Sunday. All of those games on the NBC family, the networks. I'm going to be in the UK. I'm going Buffalo to Toronto and on to Devon. Rog, to go and play a little golf. Normal podcast service will be resumed Suboptimal. next week, Rog uh our nfl films content it's going to be on yahoo sports so uh, yahoo. go and check it out yahoo yes rog vendor Punk'd. war pig who wants to sex musumbo explosion courage take that gloria something great's about to happen rog corduroy is coming Abrigado.
0: rock on mate kung fu fighting america to buffalo devo love you rog love you too